Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Bench with the Reserve Team podcast. Uh, we took a little hiatus, but we're back. It's good to see the boys back on camera. And uh, we've got a pretty good one for you today. I think we're going to get into a little transfer talk, a little Gold Cup talk, a little Olympic talk. And uh, I think it's just going to be a pretty versatile episode, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Gets it back. Messi! Balotelli! Aguero! There's Rooney. Overhead kick! Oh my word! Max Alex, it's been a little bit. How are we doing? Well, good, man. It's nice to have you back. Yeah. Good to be back in the saddle. Yeah. Yeah, how was vacation? Yeah. It was good. It was good. Did some hiking and enjoyed that. Went out west. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But uh, back to the grind now. And, and I'm- <laughs> back to the pot. You're back on the bench, baby. Back on the bench. I missed it. I needed uh, needed to talk some soccer. So, uh, yes, sir. Now that now that we're back, uh, transfers are starting to pop up as as season gets closer and the window starts to close a little bit. Um, I think the the biggest transfer news as of recently um, will go to Max's team, um, Veronte United. Um, I personally a little little sad to see this. I'm sure Alex feels the same way. Um, yeah. So we'll start with Max's opinions which I'm not sure I want to hear, but go ahead, Max. How do we feel? <laughs> I mean, obviously super excited for him to be joining United. Uh, that was one of the positions I think that we really needed to strengthen was another center back for Maguire. He's had Lindelof and Bailly. Bailly's been injury prone, and Lindelof just isn't up to the speed. I would say that the, the caliber that we need in the team to get to where we want, like as in winning the league, and with having Veron now who's won four champion, Champions Leagues, uh, won the World Cup, won three La Liga titles with, with Real Madrid. Um, I think it's, it says in itself how how good he is and what he can bring to the team. And I think that he's a good partner for Maguire as well because he's pretty fast and Maguire is kind of on the slower end, but is also like a leader in the team. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to have a really good defense next year. Alex, I saw some smirks down there. What's all? What's all that about? I'm just when Max was re- reading off uh, the accolades, you know, f- all the La Liga titles, four Champions League. They call him Mr. Champions League on the French team. Like, dude, just got crazy accolades, and I think Max is totally right. He's gonna do. He's gonna help United, and honestly, I think we're gonna see like the one of the best center back pairings we're gonna see in a long time in Maguire and Veron. Especially with Maguire having the tournament he just had at the Euros, he's coming yeah. off hot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the crazy thing is like. I got Veron. It says the fee is going to be finalized to around 50 million euros with the four-year contract option extend till 2026. So he's going to be there for a minute. He's 28. Still, I would still say he's still prime probably-ish. I mean, he was still – he was playing next to Ramos his whole career for the most part, so that probably helped out. So you know, he'll he's be nice to playing with McGuire. So yeah, definitely downgraded, but we'll see how <laughs> – we'll see how he does well with the new counterpart, especially in McGuire, just because him and uh, Ramos are a little different. Yeah, I, I think it'll be – like kind of Max alluded to a little bit how it'll be good for McGuire. I think he's, he's a world-class defender. I mean, obviously, you said Ron played with Ramos, so – Ramos and, and Maguire maybe not on the same level at least yet um but I think Maguire takes a lot of crap from people because he does make some stupid mistakes but as we saw in the Euros he, the dude's world class he's a great defender and I think finally getting him a pairing to where he can 
he can be more comfortable and, and maybe eliminate some of those silly mistakes, you know, somebody to clean up a little bit after him. I think that could be a deadly duo in the back for United. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the whole back line scary. One Basaka, Maguire, Veron, and Shaw. You got two, you got two really players of the tournament, Shaw and Maguire, and you have a phenomenal, like, stop it, like actual defender in Wampasaka, and then you're just adding the caliber of Veron. It's just scary if you're a, let's just say an Arsenal or Leicester fan, uh, as in me and you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there is something to be said, like we read off his accolades and, and he's won all these, and we said he's played on good teams, but, you know, there's something to be said for a winner and, and the mentality that he can bring to an organization. Mm-hmm. And if you're United, you're trying to to, to win the league you know you came in second last year and, and obviously no one goes into a season thinking oh let's shoot for second this year like mm-hmm. like so there's something to be said for not only the caliber of player that he is but maybe the mindset that he brings to the club as well which mm-hmm. could be interesting right. I was gonna say Ole Ole's getting them all right Veron Sancho he's getting them all right I like it <laughs> hey they still gotta perform we'll see they'll, they'll perform <laughs> all right let's move on to uh, our next transfer transfer talks we got Malin the Dortmund. He's a he's a Dutch striker from PSV. Uh, just put a few of his stats down in his last season for PSV. He got uh, he played 32 games, 19 goals, eight assists, and he's going to be over 30 million, about over 30 million euros. And at Dortmund, they're looking to play with two strikers this upcoming season with him and Holland. And Holland's already making jokes saying, if he doesn't uh, assist me, I'm going to be mad at him. So he's probably he's probably missing Jaden a little bit, but. Uh, with the new new coach, the new coaches from Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, he wants to play with two up top. So it'll be fun to see Malin and Holland up there. Malin and Holland. <laughs> Malin. <laughs> it's because Malin's also very speedy uh, forward, and Holland is just Holland, you know, <laughs> tank that he is. So it's definitely be a fun pairing to see. And Matthew Malin's the one that missed that one on one. In, in uh, Republic, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that was yeah. him. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I'm but, sure. Oh, go go. Yeah. I was just gonna say, looking at the stats, um, if adding Mullen to Holland, um, <laughs> Mullen's contributing directly to a goal over three three quarters of the time, which that's of uh, in a game. So like that's crazy. Just to think mm-hmm. about how the production there, and then you're adding him alongside of arguably the most sought after talent in all of in all of football right now. So I think that'll be that'll be a pretty cool pairing. You know what I hate about this though? Not hate, well, I guess. Uh he's he came through the Arsenal Academy. He's a youth kid. He's actually got percentage, percentage of the transfer. So whoa. <laughs> we got Eddie Nuketia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we touched on Holland a little bit, and, and there's still rumors swirling around him. Um, is, is there still a chance that he's he's on the move, or is that kind of set? What, what do you so, think? So I, Alex Hunley and I, um, we've had this discussion plenty of times, right? And I, I told him he's leaving the summer, he's leaving the summer. And, yeah, they both were like, no, he's not. Like, he's going to stay at Dortmund a year or two, and then, then, he'll, then he'll dip. But, yeah. The more the summer progresses, obviously, I think I'm tending that way. Like, he's not going to leave just because, like, there hasn't been much speculation about, oh, he's Chelsea could be a target or City could be a target or whoever is going after him. Like, there hasn't been, like, one, like, I don't know, like, specific team linked to him. So I think he's going to stay at Dortmund for the for this upcoming se- season. But, 
after that, I think it's fair game to all the big clubs. Yeah, I agree, especially when now he – so he jokingly said before yesterday, I haven't talked to my agent in a month. You tell me, but I hope there's just rumors as 175 million euros would be a lot of money for one person. He even knows that. It's crazy. And, and but is I he think, worth that amount? Absolutely. But, like, is he? But his um, buyout clause eventually is so much cheaper. So if your team's looking at it, I feel like you would just wait. Because I don't right, think. But then, but then the personal play come in, like, or like him personally comes in and is like, does he want to stay that long at Dortmund? Or does, or what, does he want to leave sooner rather than later? And then ultimately get paid more money if he makes that move now. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is if you're if you're Dortmund or if you're Holland, is is staying in the best interest for his future and, and Dortmund's future because can his his value can it increase at all playing this season at Dortmund? I I don't think so. I right. think we've already seen him and everybody thinks he's he's the next great thing, you know. Um, and so I don't think that playing another season at Dortmund can increase his value at all. Like 170 million, nuts. <laughs> right? So why would you not like? what happens if he gets injured this year? Like, I'm not saying, like, obviously I don't want that to happen. Or what happens if he, he gets the yips all of a sudden and he can't score a goal? Like, I don't think that stuff will happen, but there's right, always yeah. that chance. And so, like, it's the same thing when when college basketball players are deciding whether to go to the NBA or not. Oftentimes, if there's a hesitation, they go because they're going to get paid and you don't want to risk an injury. The same, And I think the same thing kind of applies here where I don't know that his value increases at all playing another season at Dortmund. So it might be in the best interest of – of Dortmund to to push him out the door maybe and right, I mean I'm, yeah. obviously if you're Dortmund though hey let's hold on to him let's try to win a league title there's also that in the back of your mind so, right and especially bringing Malin in like could like obviously I'm not saying like Malin's like top top tier but like they could push for a for a, uh give Bayern a run for the Bundesliga but like who knows <laughs> like I don't know I don't know I don't think it's it's something that Holland by like the end of next year is going to be like Alex is like no I'm just saying with the if they run a two up top him and Malin they could they could tear it up in the Bundesliga well they get first though that's I, I'm just I don't know I'm just saying they could give him for the money <laughs> no, all right. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm going to go on to Jules Koundé to Chelsea. He's a young French center back, plays for Sevilla. This is actually um, today news of uh, they're in advanced talks, and apparently Kurt Zuma could be offered in the swap deal, and it could be with money. They've agreed personal terms, and this also scares me as an Arsenal fan <laughs> because other teams are strengthening. Like Koundé is one of the best young center backs in the world. You know him, him and his other French. Uh, he played. In the, he played at the Euros, and uh, he's played with with the uh, Fofana at other tournaments. So there's just a couple of young center backs. But Koundé to Chelsea or Koundé to Chelsea is very scary. He's very good. Can Can we just take a second and just why the heck do the French just pump out world-class center backs? Like, what is right. the water over there? Like, I needed some of that. Laporte changed his nationality. He couldn't get into it. Right. Like, what the – I don't know, man. That's that's crazy, just the quality of, like, imagine – yeah, like you said, Laporte can't even break the – he he didn't he barely, he didn't play any games. He had to go to freaking Spain to get and, on the squad. Mm -hmm. like, um, that's crazy. Chelsea's defense is already – was already like pretty good as it was before, especially running that five back that they were. 
But Imagine him with an experienced leader like Thiago Silva. Cam Rudiger. Dude, he's just going to be <laughs> so much better. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the rich get richer. Yeah, I imagine that deal will. I imagine that deal will get done within this week or early next week. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, and actually, this might be the biggest transfer news of the whole um, whole transfer window. Ben White. I mean, this is big news for Alex. I know he's dude. You had me for a second. You had me. I was like, I was like, I was like, on the United. I was like, what are we talking about? This is uh, Matthew, don't arguably, this is this is the biggest news for the pod, at least I think. Just uh, so we'll we'll put Alex on his soapbox here for a little bit, and we'll we'll let him talk about the potential world class defender that Arsenal is getting. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ben White, he's looking to be about fifty million euros, which is the same price of about Varon. Um, he's five years younger. He's twenty three. English center back, I'm pretty sure Brighton finished in 16th last year. Uh, he did get called up to the national team for the Euros. Um, it's also supposed to be done this week. Um, in the notes, I do have uh, FFS, which I'm not going to say it out loud, but those are my thoughts on it. <laughs> um, I wish we could get a more, uh, I don't know, more qualified center back. Sure, he's played in the Premier League. He also played with Leeds and helped them get promoted, I'm pretty sure. So like I'm not gonna like like take the absolute piss. I'm I'm sure he's a good center back and whatnot. It's just the price for him. Fifty million for a Brighton defender. He's <laughs> absolutely incredible. It's stupid. Uh, it's just that's just business at, business at Arsenal at the moment. We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything smart with our money. I mean, but um, at the same time though, like with how they've been playing recently and how they finished in the Prem, like. Who else? Like, who else is like we're gonna be like? Oh, I want to go to Arsenal now. Which I, I well, just you know what I mean. Like, the only that might that, be one of your best options. <laughs> like, I don't know. The only thing that excites me is that he'll be playing. Hope well, hopefully, I don't know how Arteta will be this season. I hope he'll play with Gabriel, and it'll be those two because those two could actually be a pretty dominant center back pairing for. I would say for the future. I mean, Gabriel's got some mistakes with him, and Ben White's played at Brighton, so. I don't know. I guess it's better than not signing anybody and staying with some of the dead weight we already have. <laughs> so I'm trying to see the positives. It's just the price is absolutely outstanding. It's yeah. I, I think the price that comes along with them kind of kind of makes the transfer in your eyes a little poor. Like I do think he's a pretty quality defender. Like yeah. he's obviously not the level of Varon, but like he, he is younger. Um, so there is some hope there. But he did crack a, a good England a good England side for the Euros. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there there is hope. I, I I did watch him play a couple of games, and I thought he he was he was fine. Like I didn't see any glaring mistakes. But he, he's not one of those guys that you're like, wow, I need that guy on my team. Yeah. So I I think you're getting a pretty solid defender. I don't think he's gonna be amazing, and I don't think he'll be terrible. I just hope he's not like a a little bit better than Rob Holding, because I had high expectation or not high, but I had good expectations for Rob Holding, and he's been kind of disappointing. So. I kind of see this as like the Maguire situation a little bit. So like when United paid that 80 million price, people were like, there's no way, no way Maguire is worth that much. And then like, he's been proving it ever since, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a little rough start, but like, he's been, he's been showing why he's been worth that value. So could be the same situation like in, in the upcoming years, but like, again, 
And also, also Arteta's been going into the, trying to have a more younger team as well. I'm just going to mention them. We just signed uh, Albert Sambi Lokanga. I think he just wants to be, go by Albert or Sambi. I can't remember. And Noon Taveras or Tavs. I forgot. It's whatever Portuguese pronunciation. But they're both 21 and they're both actually pretty good prospects. Uh, the left back, Nuno, uh, he actually scored in his debut. So something to be excited about at Arsenal is that our younger players are decent, are good. And the, I bet the best news this whole summer is Smith Rose resigning. Um, in, uh, in our notes, I did put thank God because I'm very appreciative of that. And he's got the number 10, which there's a number 10 curse at Arsenal. So knock on wood. I hope it's uh, I hope he proves us all wrong and performs very well. So it sounds like there's a lot of hope for the United fan and a lot of worries for the Arsenal fan. So and just another season in the Premier League, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any Grealish news? So apparently the city. there was that link to City, but then I saw a report saying that he didn't know, like he wasn't in love with the big club idea or something like that. That'd be awesome. But then I, I think I also saw that like that was a f false claim. Oh. So I think it's still like up in the air what he's doing. I hope he stays. Yeah, I mean. Villa could be really good. Part of me wants him to like go to a bigger club, bro. You want him to go to City? Yeah, Not man. City particularly, just a bigger club. Like Arsenal. <laughs> that might be a step down. I don't know. It would be a step down. We're terrible. Maybe we'll maybe we can make a swap William for Grealish. Yeah, a hundred mil. <laughs> and the and the ownership rights to Arsenal. There's some Tottenham news. Tottenham. I saw Sun just resigned. Sun <laughs> resigned. Alderville yeah. is so, gone. I, I actually like was thinking about this. I wanted to like talk to you guys about it with Tottenham. So like they did that one trade, Lamella and Gil, Jill. I don't know how you say the kid, the kid's last name. Twenty years, twenty year old from um, Sevilla. Uh, swaps him, so Lamella's gone. Um, and I saw like there was like a the famous seven or something like that. Was that what it's called, Matthew? Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? That it was the money that was that Bale. was um got yeah that they got from Bale mm -hmm. and Lamella was the last of them now so now he's gone. Alderville is gone. Who was wasn't he's either starting center back? Yeah, he's yeah. been at the club like, for six years. And then there's the whole Kane situation. So I I was just gonna ask you guys where does Tottenham look like a top six team? I don't I don't think so. I so, think. They were close last year, but they they haven't really added any pieces, right? They That's like, what I'm like and, and there's there's question marks around Kane. Um, I guess you I guess Sun's still in the building, like you that's locked down, but I, I would say I would say they're on the outside looking in right now. But also we thought that last year and they made a run at it. So I don't right. I don't I don't know. I, I think they're they're they might be the most confusing team, like right of where to put them. That's yeah, what I right. think. I I think with Sun staying that was absolutely huge for them he's sure. obviously their second best player and max and i talked about like that's crazy that they he resigned i legit thought he would look at two maybe yeah we, we both were like i'm surprised he didn't go somewhere else i feel like he's at a point in his career where he actually needs to win something and i think that's where kane's at and i don't think sun's resigning is enough to keep kane there 
that's that's what I was going to ask then too is some re-signing maybe a sign that he's talked with Kane in in the plan because if I'm son I'm not going to stick around if Kane's not going to stick around like or I, just, or I don't know I don't think it's enough for Kane to stay you know what I mean right like if, if they were to make a big signing I don't know who but like a big signing that could convince Kane to stay that like might yeah. flip it that way but I don't know. I still think Kane's out the door. They're looking to buy that center back from Atlanta, Christian oh, Romero. Yeah, I saw about that. fifty-five million. And Fabrizio was tweeting he's a hundred percent a priority for Spurs, and he's a really good center back. So that'll be huge for them. But I, I mean, you hired. It took you how long just to hire a manager? Well, they went through like, like twenty of them. They could have <laughs> I do like Nuno a lot, but Tottenham's a lot bigger club than Wolves, so it's. So I just want to see how he's going to perform in his first season. And I don't know if Kane wants to be there, stick around, honestly. It reminds me It reminds me of the situation. I I can't remember if it's either with Suarez in Liverpool or Coutinho with Liverpool, but your big name player, you just, you just got to let him go. I think Daniel Levy just has to realize you just got to let him go. And it might be a little bit to rebuild it, but I think down the road it'll be worth it. Yeah, how long, how long can you just keep running the same thing over and over again and, and and hope that it works, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. So just running back the same squad every time or making slight adjustments, like either need to make, you need to make a splash of some kind, either kick people out the door or bring people in to make a difference. And, and Tottenham just staying pat and right. it's not and good, think, that's not good enough. Yeah, and I think getting if they were to have gotten uh, Conte or, yeah, as their manager instead of Nuno, nothing against Nuno, but like, Conte just won, just won Serie A with Inter. So if they would have gotten him, I think that would have prompted Kane to, like, give him a little more, you know, to stay more. But, yeah, I think he's out. All right. So I think that kind of concludes the transfer talk. Um, let's hop on over to the Gold Cup. Um, the Gold Cup. See how, our, how the Americans are doing. They're on to the, I think, the semifinals right now. Yes, sir. Um, let's let's kind of just talk briefly about that, that last matchup um, with uh, – <laughs> Jamaica man. Yeah. And, uh, First off, it says like Rastafari men. It says a uh, no. It says Rasta um, boys or something. No, reggae, reggae boys. Reggae, reggae boys. boys. Reggae boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's sick. sick. Yeah, that's that is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so sick, sick unis on the Jamaican part, but the Americans, man, they they put me through. I'm sure all of us through some torture. Like they got to score some goals, right, dude. Yeah, they so uh, I don't Jamaica. So I watched Jamaica throughout the tournament, and they were just like they did. They don't look like that good. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I I told Alex before the game, like, oh, they'll we'll win two three zero like comfortably. I was like, we're just making it hard on, our, on ourselves. Like we just like we let that we let them in that game, and Bailey didn't even start. I don't even know if he played. I think he had an injury. Or oh, okay. He was, well, he was warming up. Injury, but Andre Andre Gray didn't even start. Bless you. Andre Gray didn't yeah. even. Yeah. A Premier League, a, now a Premier League striker. Like he's uh, – Jamaica was going weird with the lineups. <laughs> so a couple things about that. One, U.S.'s center back position is thin right. and not quality. And two, Zardis has to be in the lineup. Like I, I have been a Zardis hater for probably as long as – has been around but after watching so i watched the game in person in kansas city against canada and oh, yeah. dk and zardis played up top together 
and and we've been you know pounding the desk. DK can score goals. Guys, Zardis looked so much better than he did in that game. Zardis came in against Jamaica. He had a shot on goal like immediately, and it was a it was a good shot too. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I I like watching DK. He's. I was texting Tong, and I said he's honestly built like Lukaku. Uh, like he looks like a beast, and he. I mean, some of his goals are have been amazing, but that Jamaica game just didn't suit him. He has to develop some, some yeah. skill set. He's just a raw athlete right now, and he just tries to body people, and and, and that's fine for the Gold Cup. But if if you want to go and that's not going to work against, you know, when you're when you're running in the World Cup, that's not going to work against a, a French back right. line or or mm-hmm. somebody of class like that. So right. one player that I loved watching or enjoyed watching, and you could probably test to it since you were alive, was uh, Busio in the Bucio. middle of the field. Dude's dude's a baller. I think so too. And and he's only going to get better, right? He's 18, 19 years yeah, old. Yeah, I did. I thought he was like 22, 23 for some reason. He's only 19. And he's playing in the MLS. He's linked yeah. to overseas. I no, think. he. I think no, he, he signed. He just signed for. Um, um, oh, it was oh. a team in Syria. I forgot. Yeah, look it up. Yep. Um, I'll look it up real quick. So that'll that'll only help his career, right? He's no longer playing in the MLS. He's going over there and, and playing. Thank God. Playing high quality soccer. He yeah. he's he's a like a technical. He's so technical and he just kind of flies around a little bit. And honestly, that's a spot that's still kind of open for the U.S. Right? Like I think a lot of the positions have kind of been locked down, you know. Yeah. On, Especially, on the US. but that that I think there's one midfield spot that's up for grabs. So if he goes over and plays well in Serie A, and then you know maybe that maybe that's his spot. I don't know. I think he, right. he's got enough creative and and tactical awareness to to create mm-hmm. some problems up there for defenses. Mm-hmm. Right. Venezia FC. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hoppe was also very good in the Jamaica game. Hoppy. Hoppy. Yeah. Hoppe. Whatever. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like these uh, American names. DK. Hoppe or Hoppy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's Hoppy. Because is, is it Hoppy? Hoppy. Yeah, Hoppy. Because Taylor Twelman kept saying, "Oh, he showed his Hoppies on that." Oh goal. yeah. And like, and so, yeah. But he was fun to watch. He was taking players on. It looked like he actually gave a crap. Uh, Compared to Paul Areola playing that other wing, I thought he was absolutely Dude, terrible. Wait, Matthew, I, I, Matthew I was thinking of you the entire time. I was like, oh, I bet Matthew's hating this. I hate him right now. Dude, I just don't understand. He was out. What? Like he? I think was that his first game in the Gold Cup? He played the first half of the first game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Captain. Okay. So. Captain. Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> like I don't know. I just. I was like, all right, let's see, and then nothing. I just what. Let Zardis play on the wing. He's played over there before, right? Literally anyone. Anybody. <laughs> Literally. Like, he just like, doesn't do anything productive. Or rolled on, rolled on, got the assist when he came in. I and thought I'm that like, was an interesting tactical move to put him on a wing. Yeah, I'm not even the biggest out. fan of him. I'm not the biggest fan of him either, but I Paul Ariel is at the bottom of the list for me. Yeah. I want to go back to, to Hoppy and talk to, about him a little bit. He is the stereotypical young player for me where he does stuff, signs of brilliance. I'm like, man, he's taking yeah. it on. Mm-hmm. And then he'll do stuff where he tries to, like, dribble three people in his own 18, and I'm like, yeah. dude, you you're can't. Like, yeah, you're doing too much. I think it's that, um, well, not Bundesliga anymore, but, like, that cockiness maybe from playing overseas. Right. But, Fine, honestly. Right. Back. I was going to say, I, lo- I like when players, like, flaunt their skill, like, do what they need to do, but, like, when Especially it's over the, the top. Yeah, especially especially as a winger. Yeah, like take people on, but like, yeah, well, like you said, there were, there were a couple of situations like that too, where he would just dribble, dribble, and instead of just taking an easy pass. 
Also, moving forward, we need to see more Reggie Cannon. I don't know if there's some like agreement between him and Burhalter or why he's not he's playing limited <laughs> minutes this Gold Cup, but like you, you haven't like Shaq Moore. Shaq Moore's fine, but Sam Vines is not. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. he. Yeah, um, mm. I agree. I think it, uh, Miles Robinson, our center back, he played well. Yeah, yeah. He was I sick. I really liked the the pairing with him and Walker Zimmerman for the yeah minutes that mm-hmm. and then Those Walker got hurt obviously, but. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So, I've also liked James Sands. I think he's played really well. I think other center back, other center back. I think he's really aggressive, and that fits well with that Miles Robinson guy, who's more of a sit back. He's going to chase you down. Um, but I, I like that's a that's a decent pairing for. But those two guys have to stay on the field because what's after them is just absolute trash. Yeah. And so I, I think we'll we'll have to hope that those two can stay healthy and continue to be productive. Yeah. So. As much as I want us to win, obviously. Like, I think we'll be Qatar, but whoever we face in the final, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, like, because you saw, like, you saw a glimpse in the Canada game. We scored that early goal, right? And then we just sat back. There was nothing else after that. It was all Canada. They just ran the show. And, like, we do that again. If we play Canada again, right, there, there's no way that's going to happen, like, for a second time. They're going to come out guns blazing. And then Mexico is Mexico. They actually brought like a pretty decent squad too. Yeah. So you know, revenge for the the Nations League champions, whatever crap. Yeah. And like and if we're struggling against Jamaica to find even the one goal and we found it what in the eighties like second, eighty yeah. third or whatever. Yeah, something minute. Yeah. I don't know. I think like Qatar, yeah, we should we should win. But it's, the, know, it's just, gonna be the first time we've ever played Qatar, I think. It it also wasn't a performance where like the U.S. was banging on the door the whole time, and the Jamaican keeper right. was standing on his head. Like, right. they, had, they, they got outshot. Jamaica almost scored in the first 20 seconds. Of that game. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It would be one thing if we're sitting here talking about a 1-0 victory where they had 42 shots on goal. Right. And Exactly. But they but didn't. They did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that the bright spot, as you mentioned, um, I think Alex mentioned, um, Busio. I think Leggett has played decently well. Acosta is playing well. So, like, that middle three is playing they're well. Doing, but they, they're they, doing their job. But they don't, they don't play through those guys. They play mm-hmm. too direct. You need mm-hmm. to get touches for guys like who – I've also been a Leggett hater. You can ask Tong. I've been a Leggett hater. But yeah. he's growing on me. I think he's yeah. played pretty well in this tournament. And you yeah. need more touches for your creative guys in the middle. They're there for a reason. You can't just keep launching balls to DK because, obviously, that's not working. Yeah. No, I agree. That's a good point. I agree. I mean, what what do you guys think? Do you think, let like say we beat Qatar, right? Do we do we have a chance? I, like, do you think we can beat Canada again? And I think we'll beat Canada or, again. Or will we beat Mexico? I think we can beat Canada again. I do. I I do think we'll. we'll Canada's we'll, impressive. I we'll like, they've actually Mexico. been playing pretty well this tournament. I'm gonna forget his name, but they had the winger number twelve for. Canada. I know exactly who you're talking about. Um. Can't uh no, what's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's the right wing. Yeah. With the with the with the afro? Yeah. Yeah, he's sick. Who can it? I think. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna look him up here. But what was so he he caused problems for the US in that game. And what Mm -hmm. was what I loved from the Canadian manager, or maybe it was the winger himself, is when Walker Zimmerman went down and and that Pines guy came in, who by the way, give me a uh, Hanover center back or Brandon in the back, like 
you, buddy. But you, you give you you. Yeah, get, put, put <laughs> me. Get, but um, come on. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like all of a sudden this Canadian forward switched from the right side to the left side. Like, hey, this guy's. We're gonna put our best player against their worst player, and we're gonna see right. how it went. And it, and it was. He had the best chance of the game. He had that curler that almost scored back post. Oh yeah, that was almost dirty. <laughs> all right. So we'll move in here. We'll talk a little bit since the Olympics are going on, biggest sporting event in the world. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the U.S. women's national team since the men failed to qualify, so that's cool. But we have the best women's team in, in the world. So as a soccer podcast, we've got to cover cover our own. Um, so the uh, the first the first game of the Olympics did not go as expected for the U.S. as the number one team in the world losing 3-0 to Sweden. That's their first loss in 32 games. And that I don't know how many – I don't know what their unbeaten streak was. They had won 32 in a row, um, which is crazy. Like, obviously, they can't continue to win forever, but to lose 3-0, it seemed, to, seemed a little – First game of the Olympics, too. Come on. <laughs> well, in a friendly, we tied them 1-1 back in April. So, they were a decent side. But, I yeah, going into this, I thought that. So, so in, in, in the U.S.'s defense, Sweden is the number five team in the world right now. They finished third in the last World Cup. And I remember they, the last, like Max said, they, they tied in a friendly. And, and so it's not like they were losing to some no-name or some yeah. team ranked 300th in the world. Like, Sweden is good side, but we've just become so used to the U.S. dominating everything that we just expect them to roll out and, and win 3-0 instead of lose 3-0. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. true. It's kind of a shocker. Yeah, but then they then they bounced back. <laughs> they, they took Six a point against New Zealand. Yeah, there yeah. You go. They, they what four, or three, or four goals disallowed. Yeah, yeah. could have been ten. Yeah, could have. I think uh, Men and Blazers said that they were um, they watched the highlights of Timo's offside scoring and and were putting that to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so a six one a six one routing for the was was a great way to bounce back. Um, I think what what I like about this U.S. team is they've got a couple young stars, and I think we're starting to see the passing of a torch. I think Rose Lavelle is really good. I think Lindsey Horan, those two play in the middle, are really good. And I I think Tobin Heath might be the most underrated player, and I think she might be the best player. I, I watch. Yeah, she's sick. I hundred percent agree. I think she's sick. Yeah, that's Max said. I think she's so good. And then on the flip side, I think Megan Rapinoe is the most overrated player in the world. I I don't think she's that good. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I think there are I think Kristen Press and Tobin Heath should be the wingers all the time because I think they are both very good and mm-hmm. I think Megan Rapino she gets her stats because she scores PKs and it's easy when Tobin Heath is whipping balls into the six and you can just tap them in um I I I just think that she while she is she's a world class player she's been there done that I think uh, it's time to to pass the torch on that one too and maybe let some of those younger wingers take take some of those minutes and Alex Morgan. Still, Alex Morgan should play up top instead of Carly Lloyd. I I'm with you on there. I, yeah. Yeah. Then they tied the day zero zero against Australia. What is happening? It was a good. It might be, dude. I actually was thinking about this. So, soccer podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the our basketball team is kind of doing the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we we're expecting to kill everyone, and then we lose to Nigeria. Australia and then France in our first actual World, um, World Cup Olympic <laughs> game. So like, it's kind of the same thing here. Like we expect them to come out and kill, but then oh, we lose three zero Sweden. 
oh, we bounced back New Zealand, but then we tied uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, it's a little weird because we're so used to, especially like over the recent years, we're so used to just like watching a game and watching a watching a high scoring like blowout. Dominating and, either sport, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in soccer or basketball. <laughs> so like I don't know. It's just. I just made that comparison. I thought it was funny. This is also the first time that the the U.S. has played without Jill Ellis, who was the longtime coach, um, and and she kind of started this reign of dominance. And, and as we've seen, kind of lately, so maybe maybe the tactics just quite aren't there. I don't know. I don't I don't want to blame the coach, but they basically got the same players, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there there, there could be some some errors on that side of the things too. So right. Yeah. And now we play. I think Netherlands. Yeah, we got Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands have been actually. Killing it. I don't know if you guys have, have they, seen that. They were second in the last World Cup. U.S. beat them in the final. I'm just, I'm just looking at their scores. Their first game against Zambia, ten to three. Okay, then they tied Brazil three to three, and then they just won today, eight to two to China. I'm like, oh my god. So could we? Could we? Maybe we'll get a, in the quarterfinals. And I don't. It could happen. It could happen. Good, I think, I think it's gonna be high scoring. So we play the we play the winner of the um, Canada versus Brazil game. So we'd have to probably probably play Brazil. <laughs> and Brazil just set the record. One of their players has the most Olympic appearances, and yeah. set the, yeah. oh, it's it's another girl. It's, she's oh. I think her name starts with an F. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then Marta Marta just set a record for maybe most goals in the Olympics or something like that. Which she might be the the goat of women's soccer. Yeah, she's been playing right. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they they've definitely carved out a tough path for them to to succeed here. And right. All right, thanks guys for listening to this episode of the Reserve Team Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. We really appreciate all the support you've been giving us and sticking with us even after our uh, little break here. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment down below, and uh, give us a listen. Of the reserve team, baby. Oh, the reserve. reserve team forever.